Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Ideas Podcast. I'm Bella Winger, your host, joined today by my co-host, Tony. How are you, Tony? Doing great. We're back again and coming off of our trilogy on mental health, we want to thank you all so much for the support on that trilogy. And with today's episode, we want to follow that up with some of the effects that social media has on mental health. Yes. In particular, an app I'm sure all of you are familiar with. Tony, what is that app? TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> That's right. So when we were talking about the mental health episode, we realized it kept coming up. I've had a lot of thoughts about this. Tony's had a lot of thoughts about this generally. TikTok is an app that's definitely blown up over the last two years, an insane amount. And I think it's taken a huge toll on this generation. But you know, more of that later. First and foremost, this is a two-parter. In the first episode, we're gonna give you a little rundown on some of our riffs. And in the second one, we have asked some students at the John F. Kennedy School to get their take on the matter and see how they've been affected by TikTok over the years and how it's affected their day-to-day life. So let's start simple. Tony, do you have TikTok? As a matter of fact, I don't have TikTok. And I think this is quite interesting because I know you don't anymore. And um, we're going to get a little bit more into why you deleted the app and sort of distance yourself from it in a second. But really, I want to kind of spitball some information on TikTok. TikTok is the biggest social media platform that's ever been. It's the largest out of all of them, Instagram, YouTube, etc. And the thing is that TikTok is not entirely new, all right? It's had a predecessor way back in 2016 around. It was called Musical.ly, which was obviously also a takeoff on Vine. And really, it was just been sort of incredible to see how this format has just risen out of all the other formats um, and sort of taken the world by storm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the amount of freedom the app gives you to really create content and view a wide arrangement of content of anything that pleases your interest, really. So I'm assuming most of you listeners know how TikTok works and know about TikTok. But if you don't, something that sets TikTok apart from other social media is that you have two feeds. One feed is like, your Instagram feed in terms of the fact that you only see videos of people you follow that you've chosen to see videos of. And then you have another feed, your quote unquote for you page that gives you anything. Most of those videos on that feed are not by people you follow. You might know them, they might be famous, but generally speaking, anybody has a chance to go viral on that app. Anybody has a chance to reach out to you, to access you. And much like other social media platforms, this For You page operates on an algorithm. All right. It's tailored to show you content that based on what you've liked previously, what you've commented under, what the algorithm supposes you would like. For the most part, it is incredibly effective at targeting you with things that fit your niche specifically. It's very good at creating an algorithm that is perfect for you, that'll make you the most possibly addicted to the app. I remember very vividly the first time I deleted it, I logged into 
an old account. I think it was my old Musical.ly account even. And I scrolled through the For You page for maybe a minute and none of the videos were interesting. And I left the app on my phone. Usually I would delete it after I looked at it a bit because I didn't want to go on it a lot. And I kept it on my phone because the For You page wasn't interesting to me. So I never actually felt tempted to go on it and I never bothered to delete it. And then one afternoon, one fateful afternoon, I was bored and I looked at it and I swear after that afternoon, the algorithm had already morphed to be perfect for me. I kid you not. It suddenly had changed and I was getting addicted. And I think that's where really like the ploy of social media in general really lies is that they're very efficient at suckering you in, at making sure that you stay in a stream of content and don't really find a way out. It's more so you craft your own little den, which you stay in. And the algorithm then takes over and then just provides you with everything that they think would suit that. How this ties into mental health or ties back to mental health is honestly the fact that because your For You page is so catered to you, if you go down a rabbit hole of something, something that might be triggering to you or some rabbit hole that you don't even know yet is triggering for you, it's hard to get out of that rabbit hole on TikTok. And because it's so addictive, it's really easy to suddenly only see videos that discuss a certain topic, whether it is, you know, an eating disorder or depression or gender identity, sexuality. It doesn't really matter what it is. Either way, there are these rabbit holes that you go down on TikTok. And if you go down that rabbit hole, you'll find yourself very easily influenced by the content you see because the content you see will be exclusively about maybe already wavering feelings you're having or confusion or upset. So rather than calling it an efficient algorithm, we could probably more likely call it a predatory algorithm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And I think it's really important to preface this entire thing with saying that this app's only only intention is to keep you hooked. Right? There's no like, you know, a lot of people might argue, you know, you learn hacks on it and you uh, have make funny videos with your friends and it's memories and you keep in touch with people possibly over the app. But what the app does is get you hooked. Like, and poked. as a matter of fact, it's been so successful on TikTok that other social media platforms have copied this sort of format, Instagram Reels, uh, YouTube Shorts. The aim with this form of content is to make sure that whatever is put out is meant to be digestible within 30 seconds max. And what we've seen over time is that this shortens our attention span dramatically. And one of the main places we see this, um, especially as it pertains to us students, is the sort of endless scroll that you get caught up into between homeworks, for example, and which really just causes you to be less productive on a larger scale. As I said, I don't have TikTok, but other social media apps provide that same sort of satisfaction of just being able to scroll through endless amounts of content. And really, you don't know, but the little stuff does add up. And soon enough, you'll find out you've been scrolling for like, 10 minutes at least right and just so much time is just lost yeah. to this sort of mindless scrolling of information that you probably don't 
really care about even. And it becomes this dopamine hustle that you're just trying to scroll and find the next thing that'll give you that tiny little dopamine hit only for you to realize, oh, wow, I've spent far too much time on something else. And really, I don't want to be the sort of social media bad person, you know, especially because we're young kids and we are very in touch with the way the technology that we are exposed to works because we've grown up with it. I'd be not the last person to say that social media bad, but I'd say we have to be aware of the dangers social media poses as well as other technologies and just be aware that they are affecting us and they will affect us if we let them, you know? I definitely agree. I think it's really terrifying. I don't think anyone feels good after they've been on their phone scrolling through TikTok for, you know, even hours. It doesn't give you any sort of feeling of productiveness whatsoever, yet, you know, often I think when you're on TikTok, I don't even know if this is still true, but it used to be that you couldn't see the time in the corner of your phone when you were on your For You page. So you didn't actually see how much time was passing, which, you know, there's a tactic behind that. Someone made that decision. I want to sort of introduce a couple of pro arguments that people like to make and, you know, I'll try and not take them down immediately. But a lot of people argue that this is such a great app because it's created this unity in our generation, right? Like, you know, if you were to probably scream out a TikTok song onto your street, there's a really high chance someone is going to scream the second half of that song back to you. You know, TikTok now defines what songs are on the charts. Even if you don't listen to them, you're most likely familiar with them. TikTok has made many artists huge. You know, a lot of people, especially in this pandemic, we're all going through the pandemic anyways, but now we can all talk about it and relate to it on this app. It felt like this very binding platform. Well, I like one of the points you touched upon, and that was one of TikTok's songs and artists becoming huge off TikTok and songs exploding on TikTok. One of the main reasons people dislike TikTok online is the fact that remixes or chopped versions of their songs will appear on the app and gain lots of popularity. But really, the artist's original vision sort of gets butchered and falls away to some sort of TikTok trend, you know? Yeah, and you know what's even crazier is the fact that that happens to songs, you know, that aren't necessarily intended for TikTok. But now we're seeing songs come out, and if you listen, you notice that they're put into segment chunks that would theoretically be ideal for a dance. And I feel like, I mean, there's definitely some artists we could be name dropping right now, but I mean, all you really have to do is look at some of the top of the charts and realize that these people are making music that is for an algorithm. These people are making music that is deter- is destined to be consumed in a way that is just used for TikTok dances or anything that can garner lots amount of virality or popularity online and not so much for just the sake of making good music. Not that artists are bad, but you know what I mean? There's a sort of ulterior motive of generating hype, generating money, and generating interest through the app. Yeah. And you know what? I think that the way in which TikTok dictates the, you know, Billboard Hot 100 is very representative of the ways in which TikTok dictates a lot of aspects of people's lives without them knowing. And I think this is something that requires distance from the app to actually see. Because, you know, you don't have to agree with me, but what I've noticed now, 
what I think is that TikTok has created very specific categories of people and has created very specific ways people act, dress, speak, you know, what they listen to, everything down to little ticks and expressions that people make within these categories. And then people begin to associate with these categories. It creates this really sick culture where there's people around the world who genuinely identify as almost the exact same being. And they're obviously not. Every single human is different. But if you go on the streets of Berlin and you were to go on the streets of New York and you were to go on the streets of, you know, wherever, you would find people that literally look identical in terms of the way they dress, act, you know, the way they flick their hand, the way they stick their tongue out of the, you know, the corner of their mouth. It's so weird. And the thing is, we see a lot of this coming out of our generation, Gen Z, especially a lot of the younger Gen Zers, is that they've they just been born into this. We at least, we've seen the great grandfather of all of them. We've seen musically. People are being born into this technology. People are being born into this sort of internet culture. You know what I mean? People are being born mm-hmm. into that. And therefore, I'm kind of worried for some of them who have put so much of themselves online and out into the world that they like reflect on it later in life and sort of be confronted with that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, go on. Yeah. And it's so crazy because you can go viral. Anyone could go viral. If you make a TikTok, you have a very high chance of going viral if it's, you know, of any substance. And it's just really crazy because I don't, you know, I think it's really difficult to articulate, but if anyone is listening here who, you know, knows the app at least a little bit, think about it. Think about how much of your personality or the personalities of people you know have been artificially changed by this app. It's terrifying. Now, Bella, I'm getting that you're like, you're quite worried about this. I mean, obviously you don't think it's a conspiracy to divide the people, but I feel like your concern more so lies with the fact that people are becoming less original in a sense and that we are falling more so into groupthink overall as a collective? Yeah, I mean, partially. I think it's really the fact that, one, people aren't conscious of it. Two, you know, it really does tie back to mental health, you know? And I'm not saying that anyone's mental health issues are invalid at all. But I will say, if you go down a TikTok rabbit hole where people are saying, you know, I feel this way and therefore dot, 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 and they just see videos like that, it's so easy for, you know, a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old who's on this app, or, you know, even younger, to suddenly begin to think and convince themselves that they feel the same way as all of these videos they're getting on their feed. And if they already feel that way, I think they can only exacerbate those feelings. You know how people talk about, you know, surround yourself with people who would better you? I mean, obviously, that doesn't that's not to say that the people around you can't be struggling with their own things. But generally, you want to be surrounded by people who you think will, you know, motivate you, right? And it's kind of like that with TikTok. If you get videos, I would hope that you get videos that bring out the best in you, but I don't think it does. Yeah. So it's more so about people finding community, but this community can often turn out to be toxic and doesn't give them an accurate way of life and doesn't show them. More so, people are turning to the internet for life advice. People are turning to the internet for ways on how to carry themselves in the real world rather than to form essential connections with real people. 
Yeah, completely. And, you know, I have a 12-year-old sister, and she really loved the app. She really liked to just make dancing videos with her friends or whatever, and she was really into it. And honestly, her feed was basically just slime and cooking hacks. But, you know, sometimes at the dinner table, she would just spout these really random facts that were completely wrong. And she would say these things, and my parents and I would, you know, we would be like, what are you talking about? Um, and, you know, pretty soon it, we realized that, you know, she's 12. She's easily convinced of things. And if she sees a video on TikTok that seems factual or someone's, the, you know, serious face is saying something, it's easy to think, great, this is probably true. And, it, you know, it just feeds into this age of misinformation. You know, she's 12 years old. She's easily convinced of anything. She was easily convinced of anything. And I honestly, I'm convinced her to delete the app because I was honestly terrified. I don't know what this app would have done to me if I was 12 years old. Yeah, no, and thing is, we've been 12 years old and we've been exposed to social media. and. It was a different age at the time. We were all probably on Instagram, for example. And mm. one of the main problems with social media since its inception, basically, is just the accessibility of it. Is that really now all you need is an email address and some sort of device to access the internet and you'll be on there, right? Some services put on restrictions for like age or whatever, but you can lie so easily. I've lied. I probably lied when I was 11 years old going on Instagram for the first time. I, my account probably says I was born in like 1984 or something like that. You know, like I'm an old guy on the internet. But in terms of what I witnessed, for example, when I was 12, during Trump era, for example, just seeing what kind of content was put out onto the internet, like it radicalized a bunch of like kids like me and a bunch of other kids at school into thinking a certain way politically. You know what I mean? It just the algorithm has such a large and really just damaging effect on what kind of content you're exposed to. And really, we should hold big tech data t companies accountable for all the data that they allow to be shown on their services, you know, because we've seen what it can do to especially young kids to like in your formative years, how it can warp your mind and get you to think a certain way. And I, I'm sure you've made... I'm sure you've made the experience of sitting there and seeing something of yourself that you made when you were like younger online and you just, you get this really icky cringe feeling of just like, wow, that was me. I mean, obviously everyone knows in the back of their mind that anything you post on the internet stays on the internet forever. Recently, I noticed that Instagram brought back, if I go into my archive album, it's not just pictures I archive, but it's everything I ever deleted off my account which, you know, is just a reminder that it was never actually gone. I also think that it's one thing to be cringed out by your sixth grade self, and it's another thing to thoroughly regret something you posted in the past. I just think you should be conscious of the fact that anyone can see it, and it can be repurposed any sort of way, especially on this app. Tony, did you ever have TikTok? I didn't, actually. And the reason I never really got TikTok is just because the format didn't appeal to me. and. I I don't really use social media for like anything other than communicating with others and occasionally just seeing what's out there, right? So I didn't really feel drawn to the app in terms of I want to create this kind of content and have it viewed by X amount of people. But obviously, they it struck a chord with billions actually at this point. I'd like to return that question actually. I mean, what drew you in? Because actually, I stayed off musically as well. 
So I was never on the train. I definitely had Musical.ly. I have all my old Musical.ly's. They were very innocent. I don't even think I really scrolled. I was just really into making dancing videos with my sister when I was like 11. Actually, my sister got TikTok before me, which is really crazy. And I remember that summer. I think it must have been summer 28. It was summer of 2019. My sister really wanted it because she thought it was Musical.ly. And then we looked for Musical.ly in the app store and they didn't have it. And we realized it was TikTok. Neither of us knew what it was. Like you, Tony, I honestly had no interest in downloading the app. I thought it was just singing and dancing or whatever it was, and I did not want to do that anymore. I noticed a lot of people had it, and pretty soon, I would say by December of 2019, suddenly it felt like you were missing all social cues and references if you did not have this app. TikTok isn't really all about dancing that much anymore, but I remember in December of 2019, there were these viral TikTok dances that everyone knew. And there were these song snippets. No one knew the whole song unless you listened to the Spotify charts. And if you didn't know it, you felt really out of the loop. So naturally, I downloaded it. And from then on out, I repeatedly took it off my phone, brought it back, took it off, brought it back. Why did I bring it back? Because it's an easy time filler. This, like, very guilty pleasure aspect to it yeah you brought up two things right there i mean for one we have this huge fear of missing out right that creates this sort of almost this dread of just everyone's in on something but i'm not i have to be a part of this which damages a bunch of people mentally especially younger people and then another thing is just celebrity culture on tiktok when we see people who are our age for example who are like quote-unquote TikTok stars, right? They're rich. They have a huge audience for doing what most people consider just nothing, right? Just dancing to a song or something like that, something that seems so low effort, but it just garners such a huge amount of attention. And that obviously sort of incites a lot of inferiority in a bunch of, in a bunch of people. They, The numbers on social media apps play into how people perceive themselves a lot, all of a sudden it's about likes and views and comments, right? And we use those numbers to judge our worth on the internet. Yes. I mean, God, a lot of people receive a lot of validation on that app. If you post a TikTok and someone comments you're pretty uh, or whatever, that's got to be some kind of boost and people like those boosts. And, you know, back to the celebrity thing, I think it's really insane. I don't think even seven years ago, anyone would say, I want to be an influencer when I grow up. Yeah. Like, like what even is an influencer? Like tell someone 20 years back or something like, wh who is that? What kind of profession is that? And really, it's just almost like, is TikTok the new pop culture? Or is it more so just a catalyst for pop culture, in a sense, that things are popularized through it? God, I feel like TikTok is everything. I'll say this again and again and again. I feel like TikTok dictates so many parts of everyday life. And I think it's so crazy that people, you know, people really like going viral. And the thing is, you have to understand, you know, if you go viral on TikTok, that might be one thing. But if you go viral maybe a couple of times the algorithm picks up and they are more likely to put you on more for you pages, etc. Once you gain, you know, it's pretty quick to gain a thousand and then it kind of can grow from there theoretically, right? Once you begin gaining TikTok followers, you 
most likely plug your Instagram and you gain Instagram followers or you plug, I don't know, if you plug your Snapchat, maybe some people plug their Snapchat, you get more people added on Snapchat and so forth. And it grows all your other platforms too. It's sort of the cycle of trying to feed into your social media presence, which most people have equated to their real life worth. Which is honestly a topic in and of itself, just how much the way we perceive ourselves or wish to be perceived on social media ties into real life. And really, it's just had a crazy negative outcome on our mental health as a whole. Because expectations, whether it's body image expectations, whether it's mental health expectations, whether it's just situational expectations, they have skyrocketed in the past few years. I mean, the standards that people are trying to live up to are impossible. And the thing is that the internet has become a place where people can thrive financially by insane, aggressive, and also predatory marketing, by perpetuating images, like you said, they're like unattainable. For example, the fitness Mm -hmm. industry, insane physiques, they tell you it's achievable in two months. It's not or more so in two weeks, it's not, no. The influencer probably doesn't even know what they're saying. They're saying they're speaking off a script that some team has provided for them. They're probably on some sort of PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs. And really, it's just the same goes for beauty or any sort of other branch where you can become successful. It's become just the cesspit of teaching people that they could be the next successful person. And what that results in is a bunch of people chasing something that they don't know they cannot attain, or at least cannot attain in a certain time frame. And ultimately, that ends up in disappointment, which crushes them, right? So, Look, we've got a mix of listeners, right? We were, we've got students listening, we've got maybe teachers listening, and maybe parents. And I think that this conversation definitely resonates differently with each type of audience we have. Because I want to say, you know, if you're a parent of someone who uses TikTok frequently, I never would want to advocate that a parent take something away or restrict something from their child. But I do think it's worth considering at what age a child should even have a phone. And, you know, obviously I'm 17. I'm not giving parenting advice. But generally speaking, I am so happy. I'm so happy I did not have a cell phone until I was in seventh grade. And even then, I was not addicted to my phone whatsoever. I think I had Instagram, but I wasn't. Like it was, it wasn't the same. It's changed so much. Oh yeah, and you're talking about seventh grade. I had a phone. I think I was in fifth grade. Ah, uh, that was a mistake. That was a huge mistake. I definitely could have gone those next years without phone and probably just pick one up in seventh grade like you did. But <laughs> I just feel like I've turned out okay despite it all. But really, I just think a parent's role in all of this is to make sure that their child isn't falling behind in other aspects of their life due to social media, right? Not technology, but just social media itself because of how vicious it can be. And I feel like a lot of people can't make that distinction between just electronics and what people are actually doing on these electronics. You know what I mean? Yes. And any student who does not have TikTok, I swear to God, don't, do not download that app. Just just avoid it. 
you're and if cool you deleted it, it, good for you. Just keep it off your phone. It's our anti-endorsement of the episode. A lot of people might have super positive, exclusively positive opinions on TikTok. As I predicted, this has become quite the bash on TikTok. After this conversation, Tony, do you feel ever so slightly curious to just download it for five minutes? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the best anti-drug PSA of all time, I feel. We've just been spitballing all these arguments, and they, they've been pretty solid so far. I'm not enticed whatsoever to try TikTok. I'm good. All right, so now that you've heard our stance on it, we want to keep you posted for our next episode in which we hand the mic over to the people. We're going to go and ask students of varying ages and see how they've responded to the app and see what they have to say. Until then. And once again, big thanks to Bear Radio for supporting this podcast. And a big thanks to the Fa'ain for making our voices sound extra crisp with these microphones. Stay tuned for the following episode. Bye. Bye.